this was a pinnacle moment for me. I was at a, uh, I was at a bar on a Sunday with, you know, my friend, my close friends and family. And I was just getting call after call after call after call. And one of my very close friends who, you know, um, he cuts your hair. I had talked to him a bunch of times. He was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to school. And uh, he decided to do it. And at that moment, I was always super, super intrigued after I got my first real haircut, which I'll tell you about. Um, and I was like, you know what? I looked at my wife and I was just the, the, the red in my eyes. I was just like, I, I'm, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. And I was like, and I'm going to become a barber. And I just threw my hands up in the air at, well, let's see, it was 12 years ago. I'm almost 40. I mean, and I was like, I'm going to do it. Dude, we all have the best time ever to start a small business. If I'm not going to be 100% in, I'm not going to do it. Come on, man. Just be yourself. Yeah. And, like, and just show up as yourself. If you don't realize what I'm really about, I'm about freedom, family, and my country. Dan. Yeah. Happy to have you. Cheers. Cheers. I'm going to sip a little red wine with you. Cool. Do you have the West Kill brewery glass as well? I do. So this is a great little brewery. Just a little shout out to West Kill in the Catskills. All right. It's literally in a valley. It's a very deep valley. Awesome beers. Cool setup. Everybody's welcome. Trucks can park on the lawn. People lay out their own blankets. They have seating inside. It's awesome. And you're just literally embedded in the Catskills Mountains. Love it. Totally underrated place on the East Coast. If you haven't been, it's it's three hours from Point Pleasant. But uh, yeah, West Kill. But we got some red wine, no beer today. We're trying to we're trying to you know respect your Italian heritage. Thank you. <laughs> you just got back from Italy. Yep. Good for you. How many weeks? Two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. God bless you. Mafia Coast or Mafia in- Coast, Sicily. Yeah. Um, what was your so as an American Italian or an Italian American? Right. What was like your favorite thing in Italy that felt like authentic to you? Um. My favorite thing, I would have to say that, I mean, hands down, the food. Yeah. The food is just, so like typical Italian cooking, I love to cook. It's like a huge hobby of mine, cook and bake. The food is so simple and it's just unbelievable. I mean, simple, so simple. And, and it's just delicious unbelievable they have like a ravioli with like a little bit of sauce on it you're like that was amazing well like so I make pasta I'll make homemade pasta on a regular basis and like we need it, to hang out more I like Sunday sauce oh yeah dude absolutely me too um, and you know I'll make pasta with eggs and a little salt and you know flour uh, we took a cooking class in Sicily we made homemade pasta and they don't use any of that. They're just like, yep, it's semolina flour and water. That's it. No eggs, no salt. There's the, you know, you salt the water and that's it. And uh, it was out of this world. Have you been doing that since you got yes. back at all? Oh, yeah. So you couldn't much. wait to get home and do I it. I couldn't wait to get home. <laughs> <laughs> I got to try this. I'm like, I got to try it. The, like the, the, the second night I got home, I baked semolina bread. I was like, man, I just... It was awesome. My wife's been getting into the sourdough. Like, yeah, whole. that's all I, I that's all I, I really mess around with. I've been baking as a hobby for a really long time, I, and I just, um, you know, uh, sourdough starter is more fermented than commercial yeast, so it's it's a lot easier on your gut, on and it and it's absolutely delicious. I love the flavor. Yeah, I just got the new griddle machine, the Blackstone. Oh, those things are. Sick. And I thought I was chef for like four days, and then it just it just died off. My recipes ran out. Scrambled up, eggs man. and pork roll were done, and the cheesesteak. The cheesesteak was probably the biggest hit. Love a good cheesesteak, man. So anyway, we got off track. That's my ADHD. <laughs> you're here because you're a small business owner. You have a great story. Um, everybody's story is unique, and it inspires different people. Uh, Fireside's about turning around and helping the next guy or girl in line. And uh, I can tell you're a big-hearted guy. We like a lot of the same things. You love to get up to the mountains, and yep. you love Maine, and you love know it. everything that's going on that I love. You have great flannels on. Thank you. Great vest. <laughs> nice boots. 
right? You you look like I look in the Catskills <laughs> in another week or two. Um, yes, and and you grinded to go open your own store. So hundred percent. Yeah. That is why you're here, um, as well as being a good friend of Bill Door. We love Bill. Yeah. Uh, he's a friend of the podcast. So thank you for being here. Cheers. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really. Uh, really humbled to be here. You've been watching some of the podcasts. I have. Am I any good? Like, I feel like half the people love it, half the people don't know. Like, I think it's fantastic. I love what you do. Um, there's so many different walks of life that you've interviewed, mm-hmm. and each one has a unique story. And uh, what's the what's the number one story you can remember on the podcast? Well, it would probably have to be the last one that I listened to, which was your last podcast, which was Brandon. Yeah. Um, uh, Refresh my memory. Uh, the the it's shower three, doors. Yeah, but it's Glass. three letters. Uh, e GCS. GCS GCS. He was. I gotta tell you, man. What an inspiring story. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, I think he actually may win the couples retreat last thing. Yeah, I think he wants to come. I think Dylan. Did Dylan text you? Uh, anyway, he might be coming out to the couples retreat. Yeah, I mean, going from like. Living with meth dealers who I were know. shooting people in front of you Crazy. to a 10-figure business. A 10-figure business. And not only that, I mean, the guy's super humble and athletic and runs ultras with Cameron Haynes. I mean... See, that's too much, though. That's I, crazy. I told Brandon, like, that's over the top, dude. Have a glass of bourbon. <laughs> like, you're doing too much, man. You're going to die in the mountains. That's funny. <laughs> well, I mean, I got to tell you, uh, you know, and I don't mean to get too into it too fast, but, you know... One of the biggest things that I've learned as a small business owner is that if you are not physically fit and mentally fit, you will never survive. You burn out. You burn out. So if we have a couple drinks tonight, we have fun. That's one thing. But if you're drinking every night, you know, my old business, I would say I started in finance young entertaining. It was taking clients out for dinner and having drinks. And I love it. I love having a, a glass of wine and a glass of bourbon with you tonight. Like. That's like a bonding thing for 100%. me. 100%. You know, call me an alcoholic. I don't really care about the AA people out there. Me neither. But it doesn't, it doesn't control my life. But when I do have that, tomorrow morning will be a slower morning, right? Yeah. So if you don't clean that up more consistently as you're trying to chase goals, it's, it's harder. Yeah. You know, so your health plays a factor. I, I always say business intersects with health and marriage, right? Yeah. So if one or the other is not doing well, your business is most likely not doing well. Right. And it's just, it is what it is. It is, yeah. What? And I'm not like a, like a Amber Crombie and Fitch shredded model. So for the fitness gurus on social media, calm down. That's fun. I mean, well, you know, my, if you're going to indulge, I, you know, you have to do things that counteract all that. Like I will, Workout. yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll have, a, I'll have a few glasses of wine, but I'll be up at 530, um, doing a workout. Uh, I'll do breath work because I had a cigar. You know what I mean? If you're gonna do, if you're gonna indulge, and you're what gonna, is your breath work? What, what is your uh, um, go-to? I, I really, I, I just the do, eleven. No, I do Wim Hof stuff. You know, and I try and meditate through breath work and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's just, but we have, I we have breath work at our couples retreat coming up. Oh, cool! A lot of people haven't done it. They're a little, they're a little intimidated. Uh, it's really important to do. Really important to do. Me, I've tried to meditate so many times, and I can do it, but as you know, I, my mind races. No. So it's when hard. you, it's hard, but when you, you ever do guided meditation through like uh, like an app that's like talking to you, like yeah, go to a place that you love. I have that well, that helps me. It definitely helps, but your mind still races. So yeah. I found that like if you do breath work because you have to focus on your breath, or else I've had tingles through my face and my body. It, it's, it's I've passed been... out. <laughs> <laughs> I have straight up passed out. You know, and, were you and, standing? No, I was sitting in my basement one time. <laughs> And uh, I, I straight up was doing some Wim Hof uh, breath work. And, and it went too far. I guess. And I was, uh, I woke up and I was at, I was, it was probably the most peaceful I've ever felt in my entire life until I realized like, where am I? Yeah. And then I was like, all right, now I'm a little nervous. And I finally took a second for me to realize I'm staring at my basement ceiling and, uh, oh, wow, all right, well, there's the coffee on the ground that I was holding, and uh, I just passed out, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And my wife was like, you know, I thought I, I felt heard, like, that like a thud. A... <laughs> I've been in the shower doing, like, breathing things, and, yeah. like, I've been like, oh, I'm a little, I, I'm a little woozy, I should hold on. Like, I, I've been there, like, all right, let me, let me re, let me open my eyes a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it's, it's really a, uh, 
I don't think it cures everything. That's my my biggest beef with the breathwork people is like, oh, it cures. Like you're gonna take a guy like me who's just a natural like killer. I want to go after the goal. I want to go after the person. I want to go. I just like that's just like go go go. Um, it, it temporarily slows that down so you don't go have a heart attack. I think right. that's really good. Yeah, but it it doesn't like. Sometimes it's pitched as like, oh, it changes you and you find your inner soft side and like. You uh, could take whatever out of it you want. Ultimately, you're just trying to lower your. Uh, people spin bullshit anyway. They want. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, take out of it whatever you want. For me personally, it lowers my uh, lowers my heart rate a little bit. Allows me to relax. Um, and I and listen, I always feel better after it. So it's it's, it's relaxing. Yeah, you know. I you gotta do it in the outdoor shower. Yeah, I gotta do one. You gotta get gotta one. Do one. I've been saying it since I moved in my house, you know, and I gotta do it. So yeah. we got into some fun topics, but I like all those topics. Yeah. But let's talk about TR Boy. TR Guy, I know a lot of TR people. Yeah. Tom's River is a cool town. I, I think it it's is. a lot like Brick, a lot more Italians, mm-hmm. but uh, very hardworking, middle class uh, town. 100%. A lot of studs in sports, Frazier. Yep. Um, you have Frankie. Uh, oh yeah, just a ton of great business owners, a ton of great businesses in Tom's River. Right. Um, they have, you know, Tom's River North was a great football team this year. Tom's River is just huge. Yeah, it's a big pool of people that are a lot of like middle class to upper middle class people working hard. Yep. And uh, I, I would call it it's not small town America, right? Because it's a huge town. It's but a huge town, but it's people grinding it out, doing their thing, doing their thing. Yeah. And your parents. You were pretty much brought up a Jehovah Witness. I was, yeah. So a little bit different of a lifestyle than maybe some of us have lived. Very much. Not all of us, but yeah. some of us. Yeah. Uh, I know Jen who watches the show. She's a Jehovah Witness. I don't know which other ones watch it, mm-hmm. uh, but we do have a few. Um, tell us what would, what was that like? Because that's different than what I knew. Um, it was, uh, you know, it's definitely a very, very strict sect of Christianity, and it's... Uh, you know, it's just a very pure, um, it's very pure. I mean, they, you know, associate with pretty much everyone in the faith. I mean, you know, as a kid, I wasn't really, uh, you know, I didn't do any, I didn't do any kind of, I wasn't really allowed to do any kind of extracurricular activities. Um, Super strict. Yeah, very, very strict, very strict. So. Um, How'd that feel as a young kid, being honest? Being honest, you know, it was tough. I mean, you know, my first, I never, you know, my first birthday I celebrated was when I was like 18. Okay, you know, so I, no birthdays. No allowed. birthdays, no holidays. Why? Um, I don't know. I really don't know the, the religion. Um, it's, you know, w- without going like really. Yeah, don't really, go crazy. Yeah, dude. without really going into it. It's just, uh, it's just what they believe. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're purists, man. And they want to be, um, you know, a different different part different so it's not about it's not about you it's about the bigger picture correct yeah yeah makes sense yeah that could be super hard when you're going to school with kids that are having birthday parties well it's tough man i mean you know i i'll you know be completely honest i mean as a kid it kind of feels like you're you're being punished like everyone's having a birthday cake birthday cupcake you know you can't partake and when you're a little kid you don't really understand it so um it's tough man it was definitely definitely tough and at what age did you say, hey, you know, mom, dad, I love you. No hard feelings, but, you know, I'm out of this lifestyle. Please don't judge me. Um, you know, I started really, really starting to do my own thing around, like, 16, uh, maybe even a little earlier. And then, uh, you know, when I was 17 and I, you know, had my license and uh, I was in that program in high school where you're allowed to... Uh, Leave for work? Yeah, leave for work. And, you know, I was working for a, 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 a residential framing crew, and, you know, I did that. So when I was 17, I was, I was, I was a senior in high school, and it was, it was kind of like, you know, I just, I kind of just wanted to do my own thing. And, you know. Would was, you ever, so religion is hard for me because I grew up very strict Pentecostal. I know a lot of, you know, people who are Baptists the Jewish religion and I've become very good friends with a couple of clients in the finance space who are Muslim. So what's tough about all the religions is it really forces you to be like, uh, just, just super restricted. If I can, you know, lack of a better term, just very restricted. Yeah. Um, 
almost like you suppress that 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 personality. Yeah. Um, would you agree? Like that's a. I mean, yes and no. I mean, for me personally, like it was all I knew. You know, I was kind of born into it. So. Um, it did. I mean, for me, listen, like, it taught me a lot of really great morals. I mean, you know, and... And you live by them still today? A hundred percent, man. Yeah. You know, I'm a... I, married I, guy. Married guy, you know. I Loyal. I, I, loyal. I do the right thing when no one's looking. I mean, I try and live my life in a, in a, in a, in a upstanding way. I mean, I try to give back to my community. I'm... I do the best I can, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and you know, I don't necessarily, I, you know, I mean, I took a lot of, I took a lot, I took a lot of good out of it. I yeah. just personally, like, I'm a very spiritual person. I'm just not super religious and I just. Wasn't for you. I just do my own thing, man, you know, and yeah. I don't, I don't push my uh, beliefs Agenda. on anybody or I just do my own thing and I'm, I'm spiritual in my own way and, and that's kind of just how that's I keep awesome. it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. You're not like mad at anything you did there. You're just like, hey, I'm just no, doing my thing. Not. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, what I, I mean, I like that a lot. Yeah. So, did you go to college? I did not. Did not. I did not. So you were leaving early. You're doing some construction framing. Where did you go after high school, work wise? So after high school, I, uh, you know, I moved out of my parents' house when I was 17. I was still in high school. You know, and I was I was leaving school early. I had a job right out of high school as a uh, as a carpenter, so I was on a, fr a residential framing crew, and uh, and I really loved it, and I still love it, you know. Yeah. Uh, residential, you know. So you hold on, time. You like to bake, cook, I'm and all, you can build. I'm all over the map, man. That's that's good though. I mean, <laughs> My wife I, says I collect hobbies. <laughs> but the, but the, listen, that shows you're intelligent. Well, I, that's I, a lot of things to know how to do. I can't hang a shelf. I try, you know. Um, I've always been very analytical, you know. I mean, if something didn't work, it really bothered me that I couldn't figure out how it didn't work. You know, like I, I had to, I had a toy or whatever, and it didn't work. I would take it apart and figure out how to fix it. You know, I always had a very mechanical, like me, I'm, I always had a very mechanical mind. Um, you built all the nice cabinets in your barbershop. I did. Yeah, I mean, and I designed them, and I designed them because I knew how, I designed them based off, all right, well, this is what I do every day. This is where I'm going to reach for this. This is how I'm going to do this, and I only want to take two steps to the sink here, and, you know, all of it kind of translated from my, Understanding know, of the craft. Yeah, you know, I mean, so I, I tried to make it as, um, uh, uh, what's the, the right efficient. word. Yeah, as efficient and as er ergonomical as possible, you know, if that makes sense. So when did you get into the whole barber game, wanting to cut hair? How old were you? So I've had a lot of careers over the years. Um, and one of the things, I don't mean to get super off topic. No, like, go ahead. Shoot. One of the biggest things, you know, I always, always, always moonlit. I always worked two jobs. Even when I was a carpenter, I worked at Starbucks at night. Then when I was old enough, I, I started bartending at night. I always moonlit because I always supported myself. I always did my thing, and I always wanted to live by myself. Uh, I did the whole roommate thing when I needed to when I was younger, but I, I just knew, like, all right, I need to do my own thing. I need to be alone. I need to figure Have my out. space. Yeah, I need to figure out myself and, and all that. So uh, I really... Um, I'm sorry. I've lost my train of thought. No, that's the thing that happens <laughs> so all the time. You know what's <laughs> funny? You talk about finding yourself and being alone. <clears throat> when I was younger, I, I had condos here in Point Pleasant. I grew up yeah. in Brick originally, and I was just like, you know, I need to get away from the kids I grew up with. You know, no hate on them. I just needed to a change. Yeah, yeah. And I came over to Point Pleasant, and just being in your apartment by yourself and figuring out you had to buy paper towels. Everything. And toilet paper, and just set yourself up it just really it, it, it could be maybe intimidating but it's like liberating at the same time so young, a young person watching this you're struggling to be a young business owner or go on your own like I think you could find a lot of growth in going and, and being on your own 100% and that was uh, so that's where I was going and again my apologies All good. But, um, you know my both of my parents worked uh, 
My mom worked two jobs. She banquet waitressed at night. My brother and I were in charge of making dinner a few nights a week, cleaning up. We did our own laundry. We were very self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. So by the time I left, it wasn't like a yeah, big Yeah, you didn't deal. want to go in a, in a fucking house with a bunch of, you know, no. young idiots. I knew how to food shop for myself. I knew how to make, I knew how to stretch my money. I knew how to spend, you know, 20 bucks on whatever I needed to. And I had a crock pot and that gave me food the entire week. Yep. You know, I knew how to do it. Um, and, you know, they prepared us for that. Um, so point being was I always worked in restaurants at night, restaurants, bars, whatever. Um, there was a point where I decided to pursue my restaurant career uh, a little bit later in life. And I worked for a few different corporations and I worked my way up to general manager. Um, Which corporations? I worked for the Cheesecake Factory. All right. Um, and I was a general manager for Ruby Tuesday. They have like an orange chicken there. It's good. Oh, it's so good. Their it's food, I got to tell you, right? their food is unbelievable. It's a scratch kitchen. I mean, it's is wild. Is it orange chicken? Am I saying that right? Yeah. It, I think it's mandarin orange chicken. Yeah, maybe. It, I don't it remember, was, actually. It, it was delicious. I should delicious. probably know that. <laughs> yeah, it was actually very good. It's delicious. But yeah, obviously, I don't go out to the Freehold Mall. No one goes to malls anymore. But no, no. Anytime we're out there, I'm like, hey, let's just stop yeah. and it's easy. Yeah. And it's good. Um, there was a point where I was a general manager. I finally worked my way up, finally got the, you know, the big gig and I absolutely hated it. I hated it. Uh, I was miserable. I was off. I'll never forget. This was a pinnacle moment for me. I was at a, uh, I was at a bar on a Sunday with, you know, my friend, my close friends and family. And I was just getting call after call after call after call. And one of my very close friends, who you know, um, he cuts your hair. I had talked to him a bunch of times. He was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to school. And uh, he decided to do it. And at that moment, I was always super, super intrigued. After I got my first real haircut, which I'll tell you about. Um, and I was like, you know what? I looked at my wife and I was just the, the, the red in my eyes. I was just like, I, I, I'm, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. And I was like, and I'm going to become a barber. And I just threw my hands up in the air at, well, let's see, it was 12 years ago. I'm almost 40, I mean. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And I went to school and I was a general manager of the restaurant still, so I was able to control the schedule. So I did all day shifts. I went to school at night. Um, got my license, and I became a barber, and it was the best thing that I ever did. Good for you, dude. There's something about finding that freedom, yeah. and I think a lot of times the freedom, especially probably what I push because I want to like have a helicopter and be a psycho. So like, <laughs> like, like you know, it could be perceived wrong. Like your freedom may be, I didn't want to go into corporate world and go make $2 million a year moving up to an SVP inside that restaurant corporation right. because you can. You have the really? intelligence to, you have the ability to, but that's not going to make you happy. Yeah. Right? So you said, I'm going to go be a barber and I'll make a, a, a good enough living to live the life that myself and whoever I'm with desires. And that's what more people need to strive to do. Like, find your financial freedom. 100%. It doesn't mean you have to do Ryan's financial. I'm gonna, Ryan's going to push you to the maximum all the time. Right. But what is your financial freedom? What do you want? And most people start with, I'm going to go get this job. I'm going to start with this income. I'm going to go to school for this degree. None of that shit matters. What do you want out of life? Right. How does your house look? What town do you live in? Does your kid go to private? Does he go to public? What does your wife look like? What vacations do you go on? Start with what you want out of life and then work backwards. What does that cost? Right. You know, right? Because, right. right. and then after that, you got to figure out the numbers and the numbers are the numbers. You got to go get a job or start a business that can afford that lifestyle. Right. So I, I literally, hats off to you, man, because a lot you. of people are afraid to make that move. They are. And I was one of them. And honestly, that's one of the reasons why I got to tell you, I love your podcast is because you interview people and, and they empower other people because there's no difference between me and every, everybody else that's going to work and saying, I fucking hate my job and I Zero. hate my life and I hate sitting behind my desk and doing TPS reports, yeah. you know, or whatever. You said it earlier. Yeah. What did you say the difference was? Balls. You the said ability, balls. you just got to do it. 
You got to do it. So you, you say a lot of people are, would you, you say that you're a loving guy? Would you say that a lot of people are soft? I wouldn't say that. I would say a lot of people are scared. And That's I, the same word, dude. I mean, well, you can make it sound more I'm going to use political. scared. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to use scared. And, you know, it's a, it's a hard thing. Listen, it's a hard thing to say, you know what? I'm going to leverage everything that I have. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm gonna put all my chips in the pot. Uh, and I'm going to bet on myself. That's I love a, that. That's I love hard, doing that. That's a hard thing to do for some people. Um, and it, I, I think I, I think it is and isn't. I think if you just just do it, exactly. If you just like just just like the the wall is this fake fear. Fear is fake. It's not real. It's fake. It's as real as you want it to be. It, correct, but it's fake. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's fake. Right. So if you get beyond that hurdle, which is taking that first step forward. And you get a small win, dude. It fires you up. It's just like losing five pounds right. if you're on a, on a mission to lose weight. Right? It's like, all right, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, so the barbershop now. What's the barbershop called? Uh, it's called the Handsome Devil Barbershop and Shave Parlor. Is that why you want me to be the mascot? Because I'm such a handsome devil? Exactly. <laughs> I know. That's exactly right. I might have to leave Jake. He's got a very restrictive scheduling program. Jake's fantastic, man. He is. He cuts a and really he's such a great guy. Yeah, he cuts a really him. good head of hair. Yeah. What I love about Jake is you go into his barber shop and he's just there in this room and he's got just a truck show on. Yeah. Or uh yeah. he's got a little donation in the corner for his daughter's dance thing. Yeah. Um he's just him. He's him. He's authentic. He's authentic, and that's one of the things I have always loved about Jake, and I, I will always love about Jake. Uh, he's just yeah. He don't deviate from no, much. He's he's him, and 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 he's an awesome guy. Yeah. I I, uh, I admire him. He's a fantastic father. He's a devoted husband. He's a great guy and a great business owner. And uh, I'll tell you, you know, we worked together for a lot of years. We went to school together. Where'd you guys work together? Uh, uh, we worked together at my uh, the barbershop I was at before I opened my business. Asbury? Uh, yeah. In Asbury. Yeah. Nice. And Wanamassa. And, uh, you know, I mean, again, Jake's a great guy. Uh, yeah. You know, I, we, we're still, you know, we'll always be friends. We will always, you know, we made it a pact early on. We will always uh, welcome each other into, God forbid any of us fall on hard times, we will always welcome each other into our businesses. That's cool. We'll always help each other out. Um, you know, yeah. I, he's, he's a real deal. Like he's that. a real deal, man. He's a great guy. So he won't be mad if we go to your, your place now? Uh, I don't think he would be. I don't really think Jake gets mad. <laughs> no, I don't, think, I don't think so either. He does yeah. if you cut him off. Well, I'm He's told sure. me some stories. You cut him off. Me? He's, he was mad at the pizza. No, not you. <laughs> he also got mad at the pizza guy one time. He yeah. He was up the pizza guy. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, if that's what you're mad at, then life's pretty good, Life's man. good. You know? No, he's a good dude. I like him. Yeah. Him and I are very different. Yeah. Um, but I'm also authentically me. Yeah. And uh, it's cool to kind of just chat with him. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's, uh, it's two different people, but being real. Yeah, oh yeah. Let's take a quick break. We're cool. going to come back. We'll talk a little bit about more about the barbershop. And then we're going to talk about some current events. I'm going to hear from you. Okay. Taking a quick break in the podcast, I want to talk about the Pit 2.0. What is the Pit 2.0? It's made up of a huge network of people across all different industries that are solving problems, creating solutions, and also bringing together a lot of marketing and sales ideas. If you want to get into a Pit group like this, very inexpensive, $147 a month. If you want to learn more about it, check out the links and the information below. All right, so hopping back in here, man. All right. I want to know why you, I know we talked about giving up the corporate career, you know, your buddy Jake was going into it. You're like, Yo, why, not, why not do it together? But I want to know your story of why you did it and how it got started. So the biggest thing for me is I always knew early on that I was going to be a business owner. Um, I'm just not wired. I, don't, I, I was never okay with the fact that, like, no matter how many hours I worked a day, if I worked my ass off or if I, did, you know, screwed around or whatever I was no matter what I was going to make a set amount of money at the end of the week it's just that's just not the way I'm wired um, I want to know that if I bust my ass and I hustle I'm going to make more money nothing wrong with that no I mean what are we doing here why, why 
why, you know, I don't understand. I tell people all the time, like, you may make the same money, why not go do it for yourself? Exactly. And so, have more autonomy. I, you know, I reached a point where I was like, everything I've ever done, no matter what, if I was gonna be a busboy at a restaurant, I was gonna, I was, it was only a matter of time before I was gonna be a server, and then a bartender, and then a manager, and everything I've ever done, I've always risen to the top in a certain amount of time. So um, you like upward mobility? I have to be moving in a forward direction, yeah. always. Uh, and most entrepreneur, entrepreneurs are wired that way. I mean, that's, if you're wired that way, then just embrace it and understand you have to work for yourself, mm -hmm. you know? And I just reached a point where I was like, I'm just tired of listening to somebody that, you know, I'm tired of listening to somebody and I'm tired of somebody else having control over my life, my finances, my everything. Like, I don't want to ask if I can take three weeks off. I don't want to, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just not that way. Like, so I look at this twofold. As a business owner, you work for me because you choose to work for me because you can't go do it. I also look at it as I don't like to listen to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so... You know, but I'm the guy that can't listen to anybody. Me too. So if the people who work for me are coming to work for me, it's because you aren't willing to go take the risk and bet on yourself. So I'll take care of you to the best of my ability. The business is a best of the, you know, its ability to pay you. But like I can't, you know, I can't give you what I'm getting because I'm the business owner. Well, that's the whole thing is if you are, you know, I mean... And most people don't realize how much, you know, we talked about this earlier a little bit. Most people have no idea what goes into being a business owner because they see, all right, you know, you show up, you do your thing and this guy's going, this guy's doing this and this guy's doing that. And like, nobody knows what really goes on behind the scenes. You don't see the hours you're up. The personalities, uh, yeah. the drama. Also, yeah, yeah, all of that. You don't see the, the stress, the... You know, Paying rent? No, none of that. The the rent, the electric, the, I mean, any of it. Not to mention, most people don't realize, like, I don't, you know, I mean, to each his own. But, you know, for me personally, I'm a business owner. I'm a W-2 employee because I work in my business. You know, I mean, pretty much as I'm, I'm side by side with my guys cutting hair all day. Um, I'm a husband. I'm a homeowner. I'm, I'm pretty much, you know what I mean? I have a tax accountant, but like, you know, I manage my own books. So, you know, you don't realize how many hats that you're actually wearing a and lot. how much work it actually is, you know? And, you know, the biggest thing I, you know, I, I, I flew in a guy uh, who is wildly successful from Toronto. He owns, uh, I forget how many barbershops he owns and education, education platform. I flew him in from Toronto for three days and we spent three days together and you know, he, he trained my staff a little bit and him and I spent some, a lot of one-on-one -on -one time together and he looked into my business and basically said like, you know, I mean, he was a consultant and basically said, this is what I would do if I was you. I mean, and you don't realize those are the guys, like th there's nothing different than me and him. He just did it differently. And I, I mean, again, it's, it's the willingness to just be able to go for it yeah. you know what I mean I, go uh, all in but at the end of the day I mean you're really just you're betting on yourself man you gotta you gotta just sack up and do it yeah I love that that's listen I tell everybody take action take action you wanna control your own destiny you have to do it and you have to take the right steps to do it uh, there's so many different aspects of it branding culture I mean you name it you're never gonna you know, you have to create a culture within your business or else, you know, I mean, your, your staff, you know, they're the, they're the driving force of your business. You I know? agree. I mean, it's a lot. You have to build culture. You 100%. have to, you know, deal with these different issues that come up. You have to deal with, you know, problems that cost money in the building, so on and so on. Insurances are expensive. Yeah. It's a lot, man. But you're not done there. I think you're a guy that has a great shop. Thank you. Um, it's very successful. I've heard amazing things about it. Thank you. Um, but you're not done at, like, what that shop can produce for you and your wife. You no. want... 
you want some real estate, you're looking up in Maine, we talked about cabins, you're right. looking up in PA, up in the Poconos. Right. Tell us a little bit about like that desire of your entrepreneurial well, I mean, your brain. you know, you could scale your business or you can you can reach out into other things. And it really depends. I mean, yeah, I could start another barbershop. Do I want to manage, you know, another eight personalities? I mean, because that's a grind. That's difficult. It's exhausting. Managing personalities is very difficult, um, especially in the artist world. I mean, barbering is visual artistry. You're mm. dealing with artists. And um, it's hard, you know, everyone has a very specific personality, um, you know, so it's like, do you start, do you scale that? Because you can, a lot of people do. Or do you venture out, I mean, I love this. I don't ever wanna not love it. I love what I do. I go to work every day and I'm happy. I love what I do, I love cutting hair, I love talking to people. You don't, gotta, you to don't people. gotta justify wanting more, man. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people don't realize it, you know? Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with wanting more. Yeah, you should own it more. You know, you, you almost feel guilty. Like, I want for a helicopter. I'm going to I'm gonna buy one. I'm going to fly one to my couple's retreat. Like, I don't care if it's 10 Gs. I don't fucking care. Yeah. Um, that's what I want to do. If I had the money to do that and, you know, I end up broke three years from now because I'm going all in on this fireside and the pit and everything I'm building, like, I really don't give a fuck. Yeah, but at least you did it. I did it. And you I did, did it big. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. You did it big and, you know, you put all your chips in on you and that's amazing. And I don't think I'll lose. I don't think I will be out of business in three years. But if I did, like. No. I still feel good knowing I, like, went, up, went all at it. You know, I wasn't laid back. I wasn't um, fearful to do it. Because when you get out front and you lead, like, you want to lead and do different things and I'm leading, it's, it's lonely at times. <laughs> it's lonely, that's, man. You know, and I'm glad that you said that because that's the biggest thing that you don't realize, especially like I'm 39, you know, I'm going to be 40 in April and you start to realize that your friend circle diminishes. Yeah. That happened for me a long time ago. I love my brick friends. There are, uh, there's a lot of them that are crazy successful, but they're all stubborn bastards, you know? And you know, I was a guy that went into the finance space. I was kicked out of high school. So I threw on a suit and, and a tie and a Breitling and, you know, living a life that I wasn't, not that I don't love nice watches. I'll probably buy another nice one soon, but it's just not like, me it's not like the first thing i go to and uh neither was it for my friends so when i started to wear a button down and a suit and all that stuff i came to the garage or i came to the the car meetup or the boat race and it was like you know it was the shit talking that went on yeah uh, you know I, I was probably upset about it back then now i i could care less yeah but uh it's hard to break out of the uh my buddy rob bailey calls it the uh what does he call it evan the uh the Matrix. Yeah. Break out of the Matrix. And it's, okay. it couldn't be more true. We're in the Matrix. You know, we are. American society is the Matrix. Um, and, you know, the older you get, the most, the, the biggest thing you realize is people just want you to agree with them at this point in life. And if you don't, you know, you're not really part of their circle anymore. Yeah. I struggle with that a lot, man. Me too. Yeah, you know, I'm out front leading. I'm doing this. I'm, I'm doing the pit we talked about. Um, I challenge people in there. Like I told you, don't come in if you're not wanting to get better. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, you're coming into the, the kitchen. The heat's there. Yeah. Um, you know, you go play for Bill Belichick. You're in the kitchen. You're in, you're the, in the kitchen. You know, you play with Tom Brady or Kobe on your team. You're you're in the kitchen. Right. Um, I consider myself one of those guys. You know, maybe that's not proven out for other people to know, but I know where I'm going. And uh, I've always been that guy. I've always been focused on that Northern Star. Yeah. And uh, I won't fucking stop. I won't stop until I'm dead. You and me both. You know, it's just how I'm built. Me too. You know, the the traditional job, let's just call it, the traditional job is meant to enslave you. Like, it's just, it's enslavement. You know, you get out of college, you have college debt, you then buy a house, you have, you have bank debt. Um, you know, then things get tough. You throw 10 G's on the credit card. And before you know it, all of your dollars coming in, you know, you're, you're, you're stuck on the tit. And it's just, I mean, I run a financial firm that's very successful. Um, not just because of me. I have, I have very smart partners, much smarter than I. Like, dude, I see it every day. I've seen it for 17 years. You can make 500 grand a year and be on the tit. You can make a million bucks a year and be on the tit. Yeah. Um, the system just sucks you in. As a business owner, you have a lot more manipulation and freedom. 100%. Because if I don't want to go to work tomorrow, I'm not saying I don't have to work, 
and I thankfully have staff that are amazing. So my clients and my customers and people who deal with me have access to somebody and they're going to get what they need. But if I need to go away because I want to like just disappear to the mountains of the Catskills, I don't really fucking care about any client. Like, and that's no disrespect towards my clients. I just, no, but, well, it's my life. Yeah, it's your life and, you know, you need that or else you're not going to be at your best. You know, the biggest thing I realize, I just want I get wanna, clarity when I'm there. You do. I just went away to Italy for two weeks. It was first time I've been away in over five, uh, over five days. How much wine days. did you drink? A ton of wine. Yeah, just... Delicious. Fucking... No uh, hangovers over there, right? No, because it's all natural. Yeah, I mean, it's there's all good nothing shit. weird in it or no sulfites or anything. But I mean, you know, you're not, uh, you don't realize if you don't do that, you're not going to be at your best. Mm-hmm. You have to step away every now and then, and you need some mental clarity, or you're not going to be able to. You're not going to be able to focus. Everything just keeps building and building and building and building. I went away for two weeks. It took me a solid five days just to calm down. Yeah, you know, it's the truth, man. I just went away for four days. I literally was feeling anxious the second day. We had a couple drinks. I was like, I'm just like not chill, babe. And she's like, What's up? I'm like. I'm just still in run mode. Yeah. All I do is run. Yeah. So another part of this episode I like to do is talk about current events. Right. Um, Recently, the last two days, um, there was a shooting in Maine. And I think last time I checked, he was still at large. He's in the Army Reserves. Um, He's a trained um, shooting instructor. Um, Killed 18 people. Um, a bowling alley and I think a, a local bar up in yeah. Maine. Which think, hits home to me because that's like my favorite place you love in the me. world. I love it. I absolutely love it up there. My wife and I go up there multiple times a year. It's one of my favorite places to, to go. So could you ever imagine a random gunman coming in the place that you hang? No. Yeah. So like do you believe in concealed carry? I mean me personally I do. Yeah. You know that's just uh, you know that's one of the things that I you know, I personally believe in. I mean, to each his own. But Imagine if someone was in that first place he ran into and shot him dead. And let's say you got six people, but we saved the rest. That's a real question. And I think that a lot of people, you know, people around me um, uh, have guns on them often, legally. Right. Um, it's a protection of me. It's a protection of them. My circle, what I do, where I go. Um, I'm very tied to a lot of intelligence people. Right. Um, a couple SEALs, you know, people who have, who have seen shit in the world. Yeah. And uh, anytime I throw even a big event, my event in April, I had, uh, you know, quiet security there. It's just, you never know. You know, I had the dude Ian Smith from Attila's Gym who, you know, hate him for his politics or his, his things he says on social media, whatever. But the guy stood up to government in New Jersey and said, no, I'm not shutting down. Um, but people hate him for that. Like, he's, he's had threats against his life. Right. Right? So imagine someone came into my event with 150 people and started spraying the place. Like, I would never allow that to happen as someone throwing the event. Yeah. Um, I would hope that the people that are hired are trained, and I think they are, they're pretty good at it. Yeah. Um, and uh, as a U.S. citizen, I'm not saying I'm, I'm an intelligence guy or, or, or a gun expert, because I'm not. Um, but if someone comes into a room full of people I love and care about, I, I, you know, if legally I'm allowed to, I'll, I'll make sure that that doesn't go any further. And that's a, it's a big badge to wear. Um, yeah. it's a lot of pressure, but I think more Americans should, you know, those people that are in that main area right now, when they're saying lockdown in your houses and you have a guy that's an army reserve with a fucking military weapon. And, and who knows how much ammo running around your town. Shit. Do those people wish they had a couple guns in the house right now? I think they do. Probably. I think they do. Um, like, what do you think goes on in these shooters' heads? Do you think they're like... Supposedly this guy had, had some mental challenges. He was seeing things, hearing voices. He's never I mean, been to real war. You know, I, I, you know I, I've said this... And I truly believe this. I mean, you know, one of the biggest problems is is mental health and people not taking control over it. Um, it's a it's a 
difficult system, and uh, you know most people don't have a lot the, of money made in that system too. There's a lot of made, a lot of money made, and but I mean, you know, there's also a lot of people that aren't uh, taking control over their mental health, and I think that's really important. So on to our next topic, and those are all great answers. Um, you see the, the the world at war, right? Right. So I don't I don't want to I don't want to narrow in on any one conflict, but we have Ukraine and, and Russia. You have you know the Chinese and the Russians and the China and and the Indians and other companies coming together. Countries coming together. I apologize for the BRICS. You know, kind of something that would combat the U.S. dollar. You have this horrific thing that goes on over in Israel, and I don't have a side to pick. I truly don't. I don't. I don't believe any government anymore. You know, but we saw what happened with Hamas and Israel, and now Israel's bombing, you know, kids, supposedly. Um, like, what do you take of this world, right? Like, what's going on nowadays? Like, what's, what's your take? Please be honest, and, and I hope no one's offended by... Yeah, me neither, because, uh, you know, the biggest thing is that it's a super complicated situation over there. Um, I don't know it a, th- a thousand percent. Neither do I. And I don't want to sound ignorant saying something that like I don't really understand or know. I like to talk about it, but like I feel yeah. like sometimes I feel dumb because I'm I'm not in the military. I don't well, know. Yeah, me neither. On. Like I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know the inner workings. I just know that it's an extremely complicated situation over there. Uh, it has been for some time, and I mean, but sometime like thousands of years for like ever. <laughs> But I mean, you know, you can't be a person with feelings and look over there about what's going on. And, and so let me be very honest. Kinda, you know, let me be very honest. Yeah. Back when I was a younger kid, 11th grade, the 9-11 bombing happened. Oh, yeah. 10th or 11th grade. I remember. Yeah. Um, I was in computer class. Uh, a girl, Jenna Warman. Um, her father worked for J.P. Morgan or Merrill. Um, at the time, he was in the towers, and she was in our class. And we were all friends. I don't remember exactly how it was, but I remember her, her dad being involved, and there was a couple of other people involved, and I was just like, like, fuck, there's people we know dying in this because of Muslims. Right. And I all of a sudden had this hate for Muslims. Like, that's so ignorant, like... I have amazing Muslim clients that are like awesome family people so do I. and fucking love America oh, yeah. more than other Americans who were born here. And, you know, you see this this Hamas thing going on. That was that was evil in my eyes. I mean, it was I don't care who did it, who did what. It was evil. You came over into a, a festival and you kidnapped people and killed people. And it was just horrific. There's, there's no there's no room for any hate in the world against any race, any creed, any color. Like, it's not... We're all fucking humans. Fuck the governments of the world. They're the ones that put us all up against each other. But when I see shit like that, I'm like... All I can do is protect the three feet around me. Right. The people who are in my world. I can't control what's going on in Israel or Ukraine or fucking Russia, or China, or Taiwan, or North Korea. I just I just can't. My vote supposedly can help pick someone who helps dictate there, but can we really? And uh, it's a really hard thing for me to just be okay with. Because I'm also not okay with Israel launching rockets back over and killing fucking Palestinian random kids who's not a part of Hamas. You know, all that is very tough for me. I went on a rant, but... Uh, that's okay. You know, it's it's a, it's a hard thing, and I, I feel like everybody shies away from it, and I'm not going to shy away from the, the, the talk. Uh, I'm going to put some of my Muslim buddies on here, because after 9-11, we had a guy, he was a taxi cab driver. He charged me a little bit much for my event. I love him. He's a nice guy. <laughs> but he had, he, had a, uh, he had a great story, and he talked about the feeling he was, how he was treated after 9-11. And I knew this guy sitting across my chair did not want to blow me up with a fucking bomb on his chest. Right. He loved America and loved me. Right. And loved my kids. He wouldn't do a thing to hurt us. Right. But I won't lie. And, I, and all I know how to do is be real. I got on a plane this week to go to um, Jupiter, South Florida, and I was looking to see who was on my plane who was, you know, of that, that descent. Because they, they, they put that in their head now. 
you know, the media and all that shit is so wrong. And I, and again, I'm mature enough to challenge that. I would never, you know, do something wrong. Um, it's just a tough day and age to live in. And it's tough questions I'm asking you, but like, what is your thoughts on all of that? Like, where do you stand? How do you feel? And I'd like to give you my thoughts first. To, yeah, to no, be I open. understand. I mean, you know, that is a super tough topic. And I mean, you know, listen, man, I mean, at the end of the day. As a business like, owner, too, we don't want to offend anybody. It's, it's No, of course not. I have clients of all walks of life, and I appreciate all of them because they're all amazing and they all support me. And I don't, you know, there, there's no, I don't have any kind of weird feelings towards anybody. Um, like the racist shit bothers me, man. Yeah, me too. And I, you know, but I personally believe that, you know, evil breeds evil, man. I mean, you know, there are people. But do you think we need to kill that evil off or it falls away? That's, I mean, I got to tell you that that's really not on me to, 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 I don't think that's a decision for me to make. You'd be a great politician. I really, <laughs> <laughs> I really don't, you know, I mean, I just. It's not it's my like, decision. It's, it's Biden's. Like, it's, well, no, I mean, but listen, all I can do, you know, all I can do is protect and defend the area around me and the and and my family and my, you know, my circle. Is and, your head on a swivel lately? What do you mean? Meaning that, like, you you hear that these sleeper cells came over the border, and you know, there are a lot of you know Muslim middle aged uh, military men, Chinese. Military, you know, middle-aged men, North Korean, like that's that's re- that's that's factual. They're coming over the border. Are they sleeper cells? I don't fucking know. But I mean, you know, at the end of the day, what are you really gonna do about it? I mean, what, me, I'm gonna have my head on a swivel, and I'll shoot anybody who approaches me aggressively. But I mean, and and I understand that. But like, I mean, you're gonna play nice and let everybody die in your shop? No, I'm just curious. Like, I mean. I don't think you let everybody die. You could take a stand, but I mean, no, I mean, I don't, I don't really think it's that cut and dry. Um, you could take a stand and, and, and that's admirable and everything. But at the end of the day, like, are you really going to change anything? I'm not going to change anything as a whole. No. I'm talking about standing my ground of like who I am and what I believe and my well, three foot rule. No, then I, under, I totally understand that. Yeah. I mean, you know, who isn't going to protect their family and the people around That's them. what I wanted you to say, Handsome. <laughs> That's what I wanted you to say. I mean, realistically, who isn't going to do that? Everybody in the world. The Chinese, the Russians, the blacks, the whites, the greens, the oranges. I mean, I, you know, I just... Uh, the Americans. The fucking Americans. That's who will. Black, orange, Japanese, it's a, it's a, Chinese, it's a, you know, it's a tough, to, it's a tough topic. You know, it's a tough topic. Every American will fucking defend themselves. They will, and I mean, of all creed, color, and fucking cut, dude. I agree. I was talking to a black dude down in uh, South Florida in Wyndham. He was security, retired cop, and I went in, and my buddy Drake was picking me up. We were going to Delray. And I, I got a Sierra Nevada. You know, I was just feeling a pale ale. Like, seriously, I, I think I hit the gym, and I saw, like, a pale ale ad. So I was going to pale ale. <laughs> My wife was not ready, done with her hair, of course. We were going out to dinner. And uh, we got over, got talking, and uh, we, we got on politics, probably because of me, <laughs> if I'm honest. And uh, he goes, you know, you know, he's like, you know what the best thing to me was in the last two years? He goes, I had this white family come in. He's, like, super fucking loaded. He goes, dude, I'm a grinder. He's like, and their kid wrote me a card on how like I f- they felt so protected and so loved and how nice I was to them. And he's like, where I grew up, dude, like you think that all white people are like scumbags. And um, in that moment, I was just like, I kind of wanted to cry. I was like, dude, you're fucking, you're you're a nice guy. Like I don't look at you any different. Yeah, you're black. I'm white. Like we're American. I don't really look at anybody different. I mean, you know, a lot of people do though. They do. And it's really a shame. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I, you know, I really, you know, all of my friends are all different walks of life. It, it doesn't Same. It, it for me personally, it doesn't matter to me. Um, I have fireside America on my podcast. So people throw me in a category, but I mean, at the end of the day, like, just like you said, I mean, you know, who isn't going to defend the area around them? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you're going to protect your family. Every American would. 
black, white, green, yellow, why, Japanese, why wouldn't you? Chinese. You know, and whoever falls into that category, I mean, I think that that's kind of our right. Yeah. No? Well, they just want to do their own thing. So last two questions I like to ask is if you were to tell any young entrepreneur one thing, what would it be? One thing. Wow, that's tough. If I was going to tell them one thing. It's unique. Everybody's got to be unique. Speak out from your perspective, not a general thought process or consensus. One thing. Uh, can it be like a phrase? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if I was gonna, if I was gonna give somebody advice that was thinking about doing their own thing, I would tell them to sock up and do it. Yeah. Uh, do it. Yeah. Do your research. Be precise and leverage everything you possibly can and put all your fucking chips on yourself and do it. Yeah, go all in. Because that's why, that's what our country is built on. Country is built on small businesses. I agree. Second question. Yeah. Some more people want to give some love. I want local business owners only because you're a local guy. Just love. Other, we talked about Jake the Barber. Oh, man, Jake the Barber. Yeah, Chicory Barber. Yeah, Chicory Barber Shop. Uh, my buddy Joey just opened his own shop, who I've also worked for, uh, worked with forever. Um, he is, uh, I mean, third-born barbershop. Just opened his own place on Main Street in Asbury Park. Uh, my buddy Doug Palmer, who is just absolutely crushing it, and I truly believe in what he's doing. He is a nose-to-tail butcher shop. Um, makes all his own stuff, is running an unbelievable business. What does that mean, nose to tail? So he doesn't buy cuts. He buys animals and processes them and makes sausage. And, you know, like, he's not, he's, he's a no, he, he only sources meat within a certain uh, uh, radius. I know, like, four friends right now that have bought full cows from him chopped yeah, up. Yeah, and his, his... He works on them with yeah, the cuts. and his products are amazing. What cuts are good. Yep, his yeah. products are amazing. Um, grass-fed, grass-finished, right, Matt? Yeah, grass everything. Grass-fed, grass um, Doug is an amazing one. My buddy Andy Joya, uh, who opened Bird's Mouth Brewery, uh, which is some of the best beer I've ever tasted. Um, he's an all-lager brewery. Where's he at? He is in uh, Fort Monmouth. Oh, sure. uh, right, tell right. Me get, tell me on the podcast and bring me some fucking beers. Oh man, I mean, I gotta tell you, he's uh, that's the best beer I've ever tasted by a long shot. Um, him and I are gonna do some stuff together, um, and yeah, he's he's incredible. I mean, he is absolutely brilliant, and um, you know, it's funny because I always, you know, there was this whole trend of uh, uh. IPAs and this and that and a lot of people don't make lagers because they don't realize like it's one of the hardest brews to make it's a clean there's nothing to hide behind there's no hops uh, it's it, it is a very clean recipe and you know you don't realize the Coors Lights and the Bud Lights and the Miller Lights and all those those you're light, making me want to have a Coors Light Coors Light is great well though. all those light lagers <laughs> of the world you don't realize those are the most talented brewers in the world yeah. those are chemists yeah. they're not even they're bare, you know what I mean they are brilliant um, he is you saw my last wave interview right uh, I did Let, they're, they're, they're fantastic those two guys are great. oh yeah you know what's great about those guys like they're both Nick and uh, his partner they're both very different you know than, than me and uh I felt so comfortable with those guys. They were just fucking great yeah. dudes. Like, yeah, they're cool. Hey, Ryan, we're here for a good time, man. Right. We want to promote our business. We right. want to promote small business. We want to promote the town. I want to. That's why I came on. I want to promote yeah. uh, promote my business. I want people to. Uh, more importantly, I want. You didn't come on for me. I did come on for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was really, really excited to have a conversation with you. But the biggest thing, man, is I want people that are... Were you excited on, I was going to challenge you on world events? I was a little nervous about it, yeah. And I'm still a little nervous about my answers, and I hope I didn't say anything <laughs> stupid. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing is... Just so you know, those, those questions I asked you, you had great answers. And those are conversations we, we all should be like... Okay to have like no, I agree. No one's well, bad. That's the biggest thing. Is like I said, like the biggest thing for me is like the racist shit. Like I, I, I have zero problems with black people, and like that really, really bothers me. Me too. That they throw like I throw rap music up for every fucking story I throw up. 
Like, I love fucking the people that were, you know, in my eyes, the founders of, of rap music. Like, yeah, I don't I'm not have, saying there's not good white rappers, like Eminem, but like... No, I don't have problems with anybody. The biggest thing is, is you know, you have to... People put people in the box. Uh, yeah, exactly. I exactly. fucking hate that I shit. mean, listen, like, you know, I... If I had a Muslim friend that blew up 9-11, he's a scumbag. If I have a fucking, you know, Timothy, Timothy McVeigh in Oklahoma, white trash guy that blew up the fucking building, he's a scumbag. Like, like it doesn't matter your color. Everybody's got fucking flaws. Agreed. But we're all about freedom and doing whatever the fuck we want to do. Agreed. And I want people that are on the And it's cut. okay to be different cultures, too. Like, it's okay that the black culture's this way and the Chinese cultures and the white cultures and the Italian cultures and the German cultures. Let them fucking live. Who gives a fuck? I want people that are on the cusp of opening their own business and, and, and that are terrified to do it. That's that's the reason why I came on your podcast. Yeah, because I, know. I want those people to understand that there are little fish like me that have have come from nothing and have nothing and leverage everything they possibly can. You're gonna be bigger than you to, think to do it. You're gonna be you know? bigger than you think. I well, and I your so. and your best attribute is that you're you want to keep doing more. I want people to I want people to do what we're doing. You dream big, and I appreciate you having the balls to come on. And allow me to have those tough conversations because I want to force those. That's just, no, that's I get just it. my thing. I totally get it. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's an important conversation. I mean, you know, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy and it's You terif- got to tiptoe. You're right. You're a yeah. business owner. And I don't want to offend It's terrifying as a business owner because you don't want to say the wrong thing. God forbid you do. Everyone thinks you're a lunatic and they don't want to come to your business. And, you know, I mean, that's what, what, let me just say, what business owners don't realize, especially that have staff is that I go on this podcast and I say whatever. One thing wrong. And God forbid I say one thing wrong, nobody's going to come to my barbershop. And that doesn't affect me. It affects my seven other employees that work for me. Their families. Like, that has nothing to do with them. They're all amazing people, amazing artists, amazing at what they do. Yeah, it's tough. has nothing to do with them. Super tough. Yeah. But you said nothing wrong. Good. You really didn't. I hope not. Thank you. This was great. (laughs) Cheers. Thank you. Thank you for coming on, man. Appreciate it. I appreciate you. you too. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Yeah. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to learn more about it, check out the links below.